Welcome to the Compelling Words Podcast. The Word of God is meant to move us. It's meant to call us to action. Listen in as Kevin Purdy teaches and presents a genuine and compelling message from the Word of God. Well, have you, have you ever asked the question, does my life matter? I'm guessing that you probably have. Most of us have probably asked that question at some point. Does my life matter? I think we ask that question so often, it's in the back of our minds. I think that's probably why every single year at Christmas, once again, millions of people will take almost a full three hours to sit down and watch a black and white movie that's over 70 years old. Now, there's no, there's no car chases. There's no explosions. There's no real dramatic computer-generated special effects. It doesn't have any of that. But yet the movie, It's a Wonderful Life, is one of the best. I know what I'm going to do tomorrow and the next day and next year and the year after that. I'm shaking the dust of this crummy little town off my feet and I'm going to see the world. George, Terry, you're shaking the house down. Stop it. Oh, let them alone. I wish I was up there with them. This is me. You remember me? George Bailey. What is it you want, Barry? What do you want? You, you want the moon? Just say the word and I'll throw a lasso around it and pull it down. Uh-oh, uh-oh. I wish I had a million dollars. Exactly 10.45 p.m. Earth time. That man will be thinking seriously of throwing away God's greatest gift. I don't want any plastic. I don't want any ground floors. And I don't want to get married ever to anyone. You understand that? I want to do what I want to do. According to the American Film Institute, that movie, It's a Wonderful Life, is the number one inspirational movie of all time. It's number 20 on their list of greatest movies of all time. Maybe it's the message of the movie that pulls us in because it's a heartwarming message that tells us, that reminds us that, yes, your life matters. 
The movie's all about a man named George Bailey. George is a young man with big dreams and with big plans. But life gets complicated and all of the circumstances around him keep holding him back. But George is okay and he handles it all right until something really bad puts him in a really bad situation. And one cold night he ends up on a bridge in total despair, thinking that life may not be worth living anymore. And and that's when things get strange. George meets an angel named Clarence. Now, I need to say this, and I want to be really clear about this. This movie is a theological train wreck. I mean, theologically, biblically, it is way out there. It's way off base. Uh, In the movie, Clarence is a person who has died and has gone to heaven and become an angel, a second-class angel. And in order for him to advance and earn his wings, he's given the assignment to help George Bailey. Now, it's wrong theologically, biblically, because... People do not become angels when they go to heaven. Let me say that again. People do not become angels when they go to heaven. People and angels are completely different created beings. And angels do not earn their wings. But that's what happens in the movie. That's the story told in the movie. Clarence shows up to help George. Clarence shows up to help George, and when George says, I wish I had never been born, Clarence decides that's exactly how he's going to help him. He will let George see what his family, what his friends, what his town, and what his business would look like if he had never been born. And George learns, George finds out that his Simple life has had a bigger impact than he ever knew. His kindness, his compassion, his generosity made him a great man. A man who was admired, a man who was respected, a man who was loved. It's a Wonderful Life is an inspirational movie that encourages us. It's a story that reassures us that our life has value and worth. Our life means something. It's a good message from a movie. It's an even better message when it comes from God. And that's the message that God has told us. That's the message of Christmas. Your life means something. God loves you enough to send his son, Jesus, into the world. Jesus was sent into this world on a rescue mission to save us. And that salvation could only be accomplished through a pure and innocent sacrifice. The baby laid in the manger became the man who died upon the cross. He became the sacrifice that paid for our sins. What's your life worth? What's your life worth? According to what God has done, your life was worth the cross. Romans 5.8 says, God showed his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Let's make that 
verse a little bit more personal. Replace the word us with your name. God showed his love for you. Even while you were still a sinner, Christ died for you. The Bible is overflowing with words that remind us just how much God loves us. Jeremiah 31.3 says, I have loved you with an everlasting love. I have drawn you with an unfailing kindness. The words of Isaiah tell us that God loves us like a mother loves her baby. Isaiah 49 verse 15 and 16 says, Can a mother forget the baby at her breast and have no compassion on the child she has born. Though she may forget, I will not forget you. See, I have engraved you on the palms of my hands. First John 3, 1 John 3.1 says, See what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called the children of God. Psalm 103, verse 11 says, For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love. For those who fear him. And Romans 8, verse 35 and verse 38 and 39 says, What shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? For I'm convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any other powers, neither height nor depth or anything in all of creation will be able to separate us from the love of Christ that is in Christ, the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. God loves us. He loves us enough that he chose to create us, to bring us into life. He loves us so much that when we rebelled against him, he chose to offer salvation as a gift of grace paid for by the sacrificial death of Jesus. In Christ, we have a wonderful life. A life set free from sin, forgiven. A life filled with the presence of God, indwelled with the Holy Spirit. A life commissioned with a purpose to live, a mission, a reason. A life that will never end, destined for eternity in heaven. The movie It's a Wonderful Life was adapted from a short story that was written actually in 1943 by a man named Philip Van Doren Stern. That short story that inspired the movie was titled The Greatest Gift. The main character wasn't George Bailey. It was a man named George Pratt. There's no angel named Clarence, but there's an unnamed stranger who finds George at night on a bridge. Essentially, the same thing happens in the short story that happened in the movie. After wishing he had never been born, George gets to see what life would look like if he had never been born. When he comes back to the bridge, the stranger explains to George that he always wanted more. He was always wanting more, but he already had the best gift of all, the gift of life. That short story was called The Greatest Gift. If you are in Christ, if Jesus is your Lord and Savior, not only do you have the gift of life, you have the wonderful gift of eternal life. So the question that needs to be asked is, 
What are you going to do with the life that God has given you? What are you going to do with the circumstances and the situation that you're in? George kept looking for something more, something different, something bigger. He was so focused on the things that he was missing that he kind of overlooked the opportunities that were right in front of him. He failed to see the impact and the influence that he already had. And I wonder if we don't often do the very same thing. Don't we do that very same thing? Do we sometimes overlook the blessings and the ministry that God has given us? Do we sometimes focus too much on what we feel like we're missing that we don't see what we've been given? I'm pretty sure the answer to that is yes. I know that's my answer. I do that too often. The truth is that God has blessed every one of us. And God has given every one of us opportunities to have an impact and to have an influence. God has given us a ministry to serve, to witness, to love the people in our lives. Ivan Mesa is an editor for the Gospel Coalition website. And he wrote this. He said it like this. He said, look at your life. Apart from sin, your calling is whatever your life consists of right now. Your calling is whatever your life consists of right now. God has blessed you with a family. God has blessed you with a place to live, a home, a community. God has blessed you with friends, a place to work, with an income. God has blessed you with a church, a family of faith. God has blessed you with the people in your life. And all of that is the ministry that God is calling you to. Your life may not look like you pictured it. Your, your life may have taken some twists and turns that were unexpected. They could be hard things that you didn't see coming. Your life may not be what you aimed for as much as what just came to be. But what it is, is what it is. And it is a blessing from God. It's an opportunity to make an impact. So don't look past it. Don't overlook what God has called you to do. God expects, kind of like the phrase, you've probably heard this phrase, bloom where you are planted. God expects us to bloom where he has us. In his first letter to the Christians in Corinth, the Apostle Paul encouraged them. He said, to live as a believer in whatever situation the Lord has assigned to them, just as God has called them. In 1 Thessalonians, he says this. He says, make it your ambition to lead a quiet life. Author Wendell Berry writes about appreciating the simplicity of life. I think his words give us good advice and I think they also apply to that desire that we have, that great desire to have value and to have worth. He wrote this. He said, slow down, pay attention, do good work, love your neighbors, love your place, stay in your place, settle down, settle for less, enjoy it more. Too often we are chasing 
more. More success, more abundance, more recognition. Ambition is not wrong unless it's self-centered, prideful, or greedy. Ambition's not wrong unless it blinds us to the blessings that we have and causes us to be negligent on the responsibilities and opportunities that God has already given us. When we're so focused trying to find more that we're neglecting what God has already given to us, that's when it becomes wrong. Embrace the blessings and the opportunities that God has given. Enjoy the moment that we are in. Now, please don't misunderstand. I know that the holidays can be hard. I know the holidays can be hard. Sometimes there's great pain. When It's a Wonderful Life was filmed, uh, the lead actor playing George Bailey was Jimmy Stewart. And he had just returned from serving as a World War II pilot. Robert Matson wrote a book about Jimmy Stewart, and he said that in his research he spoke with the guys that flew with him, who told him that Stewart went flack happy on a couple of occasions, which means that he was shell-shocked, battle-fatigued. It's what we would now call PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder. They said that he wasn't afraid of the, the bombs and the bullets. He was mostly afraid and nervous and shook up about the idea that he could make a mistake and cause somebody else to die. The war had a, had a deep impact on him. And in real life, Jimmy was having nightmares, episodes of shaking and sweating. And some of the angst, some of that angst and intensity can actually be seen in the movie. There's a lot of emotions in the movie. Donna Reed, who played Mary, said that it wasn't necessarily a happy set. She said there was a lot of tension. And a lot of the emotions that Jimmy showed on screen were genuine emotions that came to the surface as he was playing the part. Life sometimes hurts, and it can hurt hard. But God has promised to be with us through our struggles. Psalm 46, verse 1 through 3 says, God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth give away and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their struggling, with their surging. This morning, if you're hurting and you're finding it hard to say it's a wonderful life, I want to encourage you. God is there. He loves you. He is with you. Ever present. Always. God works even in the darkness. We are held close and secure by the maker of the universe. We can trust him in all circumstances. He is a refuge, a place of safety and strength. And sometimes we just need to shelter underneath him. The movie was actually considered a bust. It bombed out at the box office. But in 1974, the copyright license for the movie was mistakenly not renewed. And so it became public domain, which means that anyone who could get a copy of the film could show it without cost. So the broadcast networks jumped all over that. 
And they showed it numerous times over and over again. And in the course of time, the movie became a beloved holiday movie and tradition. In the 1990s, the rights were reacquired. I guess sometimes things take time. It it took time and it took a new perspective for George to see what his life meant. Someday I believe and I hope that we will see the difference that we made. We will see what was accomplished through our simple lives. Even through the struggles and even through the pains and even through the disappointments. Faith means we hold on to what we cannot see right now. Faith means we stay faithful. Galatians chapter 6, verse 9 and 10 says, Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. Remember, the book that inspired the movie was called The Greatest Gift. But the movie was called It's a Wonderful Life. Today, the word wonderful is synonymous with meaning extremely good. We say things like, I had a wonderful meal. And that means it was extremely good. But the original meaning of the word wonderful was a little bit more. And it's obvious. Wonderful meant full of wonder. Wonder is something that causes us to be astonished. Something amazing, astounding. Wonderful meant something was filled with wonder. It was filled with something that was amazing, beyond comprehension, astonishing. The greatest wonder is what we celebrate at Christmas. The gift of Jesus. It's wonderful because Jesus is God in the flesh. It's wonderful because Jesus is our Savior, sent to save us from our own guilt. There's an interesting detail in the movie that was very unusual for a movie at that time. In the movie, there's a greedy and selfish man named Potter. He's the one who actually caused the fear and the panic that led George to the bridge that night. Because Potter essentially steals a large amount of money that George was responsible for. And without George having it, he'd be found guilty and liable for it. The unusual detail is that the movie never shows anyone ever find out about Potter taking the money. The movie never shows. It's interesting because the Hayes office, which was movie censors at the time, required that all films would show criminals either get punished or repent of their crime. It was a requirement for movies back then. We don't see Potter do either one. We never see him pay for his crime and we never see him repent. The wonder of the gospel is that we're also guilty of a crime. We've sinned against God. And we either have to be punished or we need to repent. John 3, 16, verse 3, chapter 3, verse 16 and 17 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. 
For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. And then Acts 2.38, when Peter preaches the first gospel account of Jesus being Lord and Savior, the crowd asks, what do we do? And in Acts 2.38, Peter says to them, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you'll receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The gospel assures us that when we repent and submit to Jesus as Lord and Savior, then we're released from our guilt, from the punishment. We are set free. Isn't that wonderful? John chapter 10, verse 10 says, Jesus says, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Please stand with me as I pray. God, this morning, I, I just ask that we all take some time to stop and consider the wonderful life that we are blessed with. The fact that you loved us enough to create life, to give us life, to raise us up. And even more than that, God, you gave your son who went to the cross and died so that we can have eternal life. I pray, God, that we all take note of the opportunities that we have in front of us, where you've placed us. May we realize the significance, the impact, the influence that we could have as we love those people around us and treat them with kindness and gentleness and as we reflect your love for them and how we treat them. May we understand how big of a life we really lead. It's a wonderful life. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.